everybody. Welcome back to the Lenient Critic Podcast. My name is Rowan Wood, and for today's episode, uh, I will be joined by my father, uh, Tim. Thank you for joining me, Dad. Well, thank you for having me here, Rowan. Today we are going to discuss uh, three newly released films and one newly released TV show. I believe it's the first time uh, in the main section that we are going to be discussing a show. Um, But yeah, this episode would have come out last week, uh, except, you know, it was Christmas and then New Year's and everything was very, very busy. And then I did the Spider-Man bonus episode, which if you haven't listened to it, you should go do that now. Uh, I had a discussion with Foster and Alice that is uh, just about as long as the actual movie. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that in segments, uh, you know, go check it out. Yeah. Um, So we are going to dive right in with The Matrix Resurrections. Time to fly. If you want the truth, Neo, you're going to have to fly me. The only thing that matters to you is still here. I know it's why you're still fighting and why you will never give up. You don't know me. No? Plagued by strange memories, Neo's life takes an unexpected turn when he finds himself back inside the Matrix. So this is the fourth Matrix film, directed by one of the Wachowski sisters, uh, and also co-written by her as well, I believe. Um, And it's the first Matrix film in almost 20 years. Uh, Before we go into this one, uh, Dad, what is your overall opinion of the Matrix movies? Just to set the stage a little bit. Well, the first one was sort of so trendsetting that it was um, almost, um, it it kind of was mind-blowing at the time when it came out. Um, I thought they really went downhill after that fairly quickly um i the second one i didn't care that much for and the the third one i thought was kind of a mess um the concepts and the visuals were always um fun and interesting however um so you know i was looking forward to seeing a uh, a, a new a new version of this too mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i you know i i saw the movies more recently than you uh, just because I was only alive when to, when the last two came out, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I you know the first one is fantastic. The second two, uh, uh, the last two are fine. Um, the third one less so, and then the fourth one came out. Um, I will say that uh, the trailer for this movie uh, was better than the actual movie for me. Uh, whenever I saw it in the theater, I was just blown away. I watched it over and over again. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, so you can understand my disappointment when uh, the movie doesn't live up to the trailer, which doesn't often happen, uh, and there's a reason for that. Um, so, Dad, what did you think of The Matrix Resurrections? Um, I kind of would group it in somewhere between the third and the uh, the second and the third movie, uh, quality-wise. It was way too self-referential. It was almost as if it was we're caught in the Matrix Matrix. Yeah. And, you know, it. at first you kind of grin a little bit and you laugh and chuckle a little bit. But then it gets kind of to be a little too much. And I, you know, there, there wasn't anything other than some of that. Uh, there was a, a little bit of a mind manipulation factor to it but other than that there wasn't anything really unique or creative or new about it and i i just even the you know 
there wasn't anything as sensational as what we saw in that first movie with bu the bullet time and all that, the, the special effects. Even in this movie, I, I don't think that they were all that great because they, they weren't, maybe because they weren't new and maybe we're supposed to have nostalgia for them. Um, but I just, I, I think the the story kind of eventually kind of fell flat. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big uh, Keanu Reeves fan anyway. As we know. As we know. So. Um, as I know. As you know. So there was, so, you know, him being there wasn't a beneficial factor in my mind, mm -hmm. even though he's kind of synonymous with the movies. I would have loved to have seen uh, um, Mr. Smith. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo, yes. Sorry, I couldn't come up with the name. Hugo Weaving. I would love to have seen him come back, uh, but um, I guess it's not a spoiler. He he, he, is, not, he is not in the yeah. movie. Um, so that's kind of my impression. Mm -hmm. What about you, Rowan? Well, I uh, just branching off of that at, at first. I wish that he that they had pulled a uh, you know Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and 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 thrown him in even when they said that oh you know Hugo Weaving is an anonymous movie he didn't want to come back blah 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 and then just to 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 have him show up would have been amazing probably would have elevated this movie for me. Um, but yeah, uh, you know. I say what you will about the second and third Matrix movies. They are the natural progression of the story, a continuation from the first one. Uh, this movie has absolutely no reason to exist. Uh, you know, you can say that about a lot of the uh, about a lot of the new sequels slash reboots with the original cast. Um, but you know, Neo and Trinity died in the third Matrix movie. There is absolutely no good reason to bring them back other than we got to reunite the actors, we got to have a new Matrix movie, and it's going to be great. And it seemed like that was the only thing they had going for them, and they had to sort of make a movie around the fact that they got the actors back. Um, and, you know, granted, I think slightly higher Keanu Reeves than you do. Um, I like Carrie Ann Moss. I like all of the actors involved. I just think that, um, that none of them you know, really need to be there. And I think that shows in a lot of their performances. Uh, the only one I think is really trying that hard is, um, Jessica Henwick. She pops up, uh, she plays the character bugs. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame when, you know, the, the leads of a movie that you, you know, you've been watching them on screen for, for 20 years. Um, they just don't have, you know, part of the, one of the main, um, uh, elements of this movie is the romance between Neo and Trinity and the connection that they have. And, you know, if, if you didn't buy it in the original Matrixes, you're definitely not going to buy it now. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, I, I, I think I think of their relationship less because of this movie. Um, it seems to me that the all of the actors didn't have a lot to do mm -hmm. in the movie, except uh, the character Bugs is, is one of the new sort of uh, close to lead as possible mm -hmm. and 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 she really i thought was kind of the only breath of fresh air here um the rest of it was was pretty stale yeah in my opinion yeah um yeah it, we have you know and we do have some other new cast members uh you know neil patrick harris jonathan groff showing up to uh yaya abdul mateen who's been amazing and everything else i've seen um, pops up as a as a new version of, of Morpheus, who you know really did not need to be there at all. I, I I mean, there's you know there's a reason we haven't brought him up so far. He's just not as consequential to the story as I think the story thinks it is. Um, and we have uh, Jada Pinkett Smith coming back from the original as well. And I think that's it. You know, there are some cameos here here or there, but um, but you know, 
in 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 terms of being a quote-unquote legacy sequel um matrix resurrections is honestly one of the weaker ones that i've seen just because you know some stories there like there's a good way there's a good reason to bring these characters in this story back but you know they even talk about this in the movie the whole reason they're doing this is to make another matrix movie as you mentioned that it's extremely self-referential and i think it hurts the movie because of that i can see what they were trying to do but i'm not sure it entirely succeeds it's almost like if they had stuck with that sort of storyline and theme it might have been a better movie because you might have uh, made it maybe make it a little bit of a, 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 a satire on Matrix instead of right. you know being all serious and everything you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, they you know this isn't this isn't really um, a spoiler at 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 the beginning you know Neo and Trinity are alive again and Neo is um, ha- has made a video game and that video like within the Matrix and the video game within the Matrix is about the events of the first three is the matrix. matrix movies exactly and so they don't they don't explain that very well and so you know i mean i i i got the basics but you know going you know going several layers deep i don't think really works uh because it's it's like it's like you know you know classic you know sci-fi thing if they throw enough at you you know some of it'll stick and you'll just accept the rest um and that's what this movie is 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 trying to do and it's I, I, I personally don't think it, it really pulls much off. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's still some stuff in this movie to like. You know, the action was fine. Uh, the visual effects were fine. Um, but as you mentioned, Dad, not nearly as groundbreaking or as wow-inducing as, mm-hmm. as, as, as the original movies. You know, I mean, I mean, even the second one, despite its faults, still has a lot of really original concepts and ideas that this movie tries to explore, tries to incorporate stuff from the last um few movies uh but it, it it just doesn't do it as well as the originals do um so yeah i i have a feeling this one is going to go down in history as one of those rather unnecessary uh sequels that didn't really need to exist unfortunately because you know i i was i was really excited for this movie um and uh yeah i, I guess it did it did let me down happens it does happen so uh if you were to give a letter grade to this movie what what would it be uh, c at the highest yeah uh, i would give it a b minus uh, i i could find enough there that i liked but overall it it, it failed to it failed to impress me okay um but yeah uh now let's move on to guillermo del toro's new film nightmare alley i will ask you simple questions you will answer in short sentences only what you believe to be absolute truth absolute truth I can do that. Now, brief as you can, what is your name? Stanton Carlisle. Are you a true medium? Yes, I am. Mr. Carlisle? Doctor, how about that? Please lie down. Can you read minds? Yes, I can, under the right circumstances. Keep your answers brief. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Are you in contact with the beyond? Well, we've had our share of snake charmers in the past. We deal with them. An ambitious young carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is. Uh, this is um, Guillermo del Toro coming back. Uh, I believe this is his first film since Shape of Water. Um... 
Bradley Cooper in the lead role. Uh, you know, it's 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 really it, I see it as a star vehicle for him and Kate Blanchett, who shows up halfway through the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, this is actually a remake and an adaptation uh, of uh, both of a noir film from what is it forty forties forties. I remember exactly when. And uh, and 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 the book was from the thirties, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, so, Dad, what did you think of Nightmare Alley? Uh, I, you know, I, I like Guillermo del Toro's filmmaking very much. And I think in this one, he was a little, I don't want to say over his head, but kind of to the side of his head, maybe. It wasn't um, up to some of his other films in quality. I thought the pacing was a little slow. You know, and, and some of that is deliberate, and especially it's it's kind of a neo-noir, and, 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 and you need to really build up the characters and build up the situation for the big payoff. Unfortunately, um, I think they spent a little too much time building it up. Um, yeah. I mean, the first hour is basically set up. Yeah, it, it was just, it could have easily dropped a half an hour out of this movie, and mm-hmm. you would have still had a... a they half, did. They did drop a half an hour. Well, they could have dropped another half an <laughs> another hour. Another half hour. And it would have uh, it'd been just as um, just as um, the same basic quality, I think, because mm-hmm. you still had the 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 setup and the the quirky characters. Uh, you know, this this movie had a, a, a pretty deep cast of of people, Willem Dafoe and um, Ron Perlman, Ron Tony, Perlman, Tony Collette, right. many many of whom are only in the first half. Right. Yeah, the first half, which takes place mostly in in the carnival before. Uh, Bradley Cooper's character makes the jump to uh, semi-legitimacy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's 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 very typical noir where you you have the the hero or the the really the anti-hero um, coming up with a scheme, usually to make money or to get the girl or or something like that, and you you know he's he's being set up, um, and we won't get into any spoilers here, but. Um, it really does follow the noir formula pretty closely and it's um i haven't seen the the full version of the uh of the original film but i've read about it and it's not too much different i think it it's a little uh it takes a little different tack to it and and of course it's it's a little more obviously more graphic and you you have uh more modern pacing and storytelling but mm-hmm. um I don't know. I, I, I didn't dislike this movie, but I, I really wanted to like it a lot more than I ended up liking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I feel quite similarly. Um, you know, I I mean, anything Guillermo del Toro does, I'm, I'm going to like. That's just a simple fact. Even if he makes, you know, like even if he makes a crappy, you know, franchise film like that's the sixth in a series, I'm still going to love it because it's Guillermo del Toro. Um, he's one of the only directors I would say that about. Um, but I think what really, you know, what really makes this movie, um, work for me is the cast, um, especially Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara and Cate Blanchett, who are at the very center. Um, I, I, I think this movie could work with other actors, but I think it works better with them. Um, not, not to say that, that the only reason this movie works is because of the actors. You know, it has, it has twists and turns, as you mentioned, dad, building to the eventual payoff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, you know, noir movies are somewhat of a blind spot for me. I have not seen, uh, as many as I would like. Um, but this movie does make me want to see more. Uh, it does make me want to see movies with, with, with a similar vibe. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, you know, uh, Nightmare Alley, it was, it was fun. I liked it. Um, it was quite slow at points. 
Um, I, I, I'm not saying I was falling asleep, uh, but I did find myself sort of losing, losing interest at, at some points. They, they definitely could have cut out at least 20 to 30 minutes. Um, but you know, I, I, I generally liked it. Uh, you know, the, the combination factors was, was enough for me to have a, to have a positive opinion on it. Yeah. There was enough, um, sort of, uh, freakish Guillermo del Toro, almost verging into horror, type stuff um i would have liked to have seen more of it i thought they could have done more uh maybe veering from the original story a little bit more and having more uh spending more time in in the circus with some of the less reputable well the none of them are reputable but some of the less savory characters um and, and you know bradley cooper comes off at first as kind of a likable rube but um at by by mid film you're you're kind of questioning all that which is good that's the way it should be um but it doesn't in my mind it didn't build on that enough and i thought um there just could have been a a, a little bit if it had just been a little more um a little more out there i think it was a little too conventional noir um for what he was aiming for mm-hmm. anyway that's my impression yeah, yeah. Um, letter grin. What would you give it? Uh, I would give it a B minus. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. You know, I would like to have given it a higher grade, but it was I couldn't, in yeah. good conscience. Yeah, uh, I would give it a B plus. Uh, you know, I I I I enjoyed it for the most part. I don't know how often I'm going to go back to it. I would I would be much more likely to revisit other Del Toro films, Pan's Labyrinth, um, even even Crimson Peak, which I think I liked a little less, but it just has more of a del toro vibe that i that i really really uh dig so um yeah that is nightmare alley uh and now moving on to hawkeye you're hawkeye who the hell are you some people have actually called me the world's greatest archer are you one of those people it's the most wonderful hey babe i should be back in a day or two hang on a second Things have gotten more complicated. Former Avenger Clint Barton has a seemingly simple mission. Get back to his family for Christmas. Possible? Maybe with the help of Kate Bishop, a 22-year-old archer with dreams of becoming a superhero. The two are forced to work together when a presence from Barton's past threatens to derail far more than the festive spirit. Uh, So this is the last MCU series of 2021, and the first uh, TV show that I'm talking about as a a main uh, topic on the show. Um, So... Uh, Hawkeye was made up of six episodes, uh, aired over five weeks. Uh, Dad, what did you think of Hawkeye? Uh, you know, I've always liked the character in the movies. Uh, he was never one of my favorites in the comic because he was kind of always like sort of a, a very uh, a B-level character and just didn't wasn't developed much at all. Um, but I like what they did with him in the MCU, and I, th- I like what they do with him here. He's, uh, he's kind of a hapless family guy just trying to get back to his uh, wife and kids for Christmas. He just happens to be a, a whiz with a, a bow, and, bow and arrow and, and, and um, is trying to live down certain aspects of his past that uh, he's just not uh, proud of. And, uh, you know, that's, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I think some of that gets a little muddled as far as the story goes along. 
but I like the way they um, they sort of weave um, the uh, what's her name again? Uh, Kate. Kate into it and um, uh, Lady Hawkeye or whatever she wants to call herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Late, uh, Lady Hawk, I think. Lady, yeah. uh, that was a movie, I think. Oh, uh, was it? <laughs> anyway. Um, I think they. I think that there's a, there's a good dynamic between the two. The two actors have some chemistry there, and the uh, the backstory ends up being a little overly complicated, as I said, and I think it sort of uh, takes a backseat to uh, uh, to the characters, which is fine because they, you you kind of like them, and you and you're you're pulling for Kate to. Um, to, to be able to really show her stuff and and to um, be accepted by uh, by Clint as um, as an equal or at least a, a partner um, it, it almost doesn't matter who who is behind the nefarious goings-on in, in the in the in the original story of how they are brought together uh, and and what the what the major crime is that they're trying to, to, to figure out but um, the way it comes out at the end, it does. Um, I think it all does pull together, and uh, there is sort of a little, uh, a little bit of a, uh, uh, a sympathetic uh, reunion at the end, which I won't go into. Um, which uh, I thought was was a good way to tie up this uh, this Marvel series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I you know generally like the show. I've said on the show before, Marvel uh, has and can take all of my money. Uh, even though I didn't have to pay for this directly. Um, yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of what you said. I really like the Hawkeye character. I like Jeremy Renner. Um, to me, this show suffers from a few issues that aren't major enough to detract from my enjoyment of the overall show. Um, but one of them, uh, I will now be calling the Black Widow problem, in that the uh, uh, the Black Widow solo movie that came out earlier this year was great. Uh, I, I had, had a fun time with it. But it's not about uh, Natasha. It's about um, it's about Yelena. It, it, it's about introducing Florence Pugh's character uh, to the MCU and sort of introducing her while also trying to give um, Natasha sort of a, a farewell. And that's what I think this show is, except substitute Natasha for Clint uh, and substitute. Um, did I do do that right? Anyway, and substitute um, <laughs> and substitute Kate for uh, Yelena. Um, I think she's honestly more of a main character than he is, um, at least in, in, in the last few episodes of the show. Uh, and that's fine. I really like the actress, uh, the, the actress, Haley Steinfeld. Um, I definitely think we will be seeing her again very soon in the MCU. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really like the Christmas theme here and the fact that it's set in New York, a, uh, a city that I am becoming increasingly familiar with. Um, I, you know, I, I love Christmas stuff. I love when franchises tie themselves into the whole Christmas theme. Uh, and, 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 you know, when Marvel tries something new, they're gen, they're generally pretty good at it. Um, but another one of the major issues that I think the show, um, suffers from is, um, without spoiling, uh, it's something that a lot of that some of the uh, other Marvel shows that came out this uh, or I guess in 2021 um, have been uh, suffering from. And that's, uh, you know, building to something the entire show and then only having one episode or half an episode to tie that up, introducing too many factors and not having the time it needs to tie it up. I think a lot of these shows, maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier could have and, and Hawkeye to, for sure, could have been even better with one or two more episodes. 
uh, just to expand on what they set up a little bit more. Because um, with the amount that they try to set up and include, um, some of the conclusions for the characters just seem unsatisfying and like uh, very easily easily taken out of the story when I think they should have gotten more development. Granted, there are there is at least one confirmed spin-off show from this one that maybe will get some answers to one of the aspects that I'm referring to. Um, but I do think that, you know, uh, that Marvel is certainly learning from what they have seen this year, and I hope that, um, that this is an issue that does get resolved sometime soon. But back to specifically, uh, this show, you know, it, it's, it's, it's fun, it's cute, uh, it, 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 it has some great moments, some great action scenes, um, some great, you know, sort of, uh, in, like, inside jokes references to the rest of the Marvel Universe, um, but, uh, yeah, 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 you know, generally it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, I like, I like all of the performances here, aside from the the main uh, roles. We have um, Tony Dalton, one of the best villains in Better Call Saul, is uh, Kate's um, prospective father-in-law. Um, what is his name? Jack? Jack. Yeah. And um, v- uh, Vera Farmiga plays her mom, Eleanor Bishop. Uh, we also have um, Alakwa Cox playing uh, Echo, uh, an actress that I did not know before. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's a big step for representation in the MCU. Um, speaking of, you know, uh, it's not a spoiler to say that um, Clint Barton is uh, going deaf in 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 this show. It's it's not heavily focused upon, but it is a a, a plot point, um, and I think that's that that that's good. You know, they are they are taking into account what superheroes go through physically, and they are making it matter to at least one character. Um, that's one thing that I think the show does uh, quite well. Well, I, I, I agree with you there. I think Clint's the most human of the Avengers mm-hmm. in more ways than one. He's, you know, he's married, a family man, but he also has faults and foul and and he's fallible. And he, he you know, he he's, you know, the all these explosions and, and you know, uh, fights and everything, they got to wreak havoc on a regular human's physiology. And we're seeing that with him. I thought that was really... Um, a nice touch that they had. I have to disagree with you about that. They could, you said they could have benefited from a, another episode or so. I think they could have benefited from maybe one fewer episode and tightened up things. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a little too much sort of extraneous mm-hmm. downtime, and there's too many villains in this story. Definitely. And you know, I think you could have either, either, either lost one of the villains or sort of telescoped everything together a little bit more uh, to make it even uh, a tighter and a, and a more concise um, storyline. And I think you could have done that without losing the characterizations too. Um, so I, 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 I'm curious, what's the confirmed spinoff? Uh, it's about uh, uh, Maya Lopez. It's called, it's about Echo. The Echo story. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I, 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 you know, she was a, she was a good character mm-hmm. um, and she was, I liked her not only because she she represented a, a certain f- sector or factor that that really hasn't been represented in these type of movies before, but also um, she was shaded. She wasn't like black or white, and you know you could see the con the con- conflicting emotions uh, that she was going through uh, during this uh, during the plot of this, and uh, so I, I'd look forward to that. I'd be interested to see what how they come up with. Um, 
how they come up with a, a whole series based mm-hmm. around her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Here, like here, here's hoping that you know they know what they're doing in who they give shows to. I, I, I think they do. I mean, with especially with Kevin Feige in control, uh, I trust anything that the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, does. But, uh, but, but yeah, you know, generally Hawkeye is one of the better Marvel shows I think to come out of uh, this this past year. Um, and hopefully it's, it's, you know, I, I think I, I do like that Clint survives the show. Uh, there was a part, uh, there was a time when I was worried he wouldn't. Uh, so I, I definitely think we'll see him back. Although, you know, I think Kate is going to sort of, um, gradually replace him as the Hawkeye figure in the, uh, in the Marvel universe. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything to, anything no, else to say? um, I think I would give this show a solid B. Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, just uh, entertainment value and uh, the number of nuances that they managed to uh, to work into the into the characters. Yeah, uh, I will also go uh, B. Um, you know, Marvel can take my money all day, even if they make a movie on Howard the Duck's left testicle. I will go and see it. <laughs> uh, up next, our, uh, our our final film to discuss in the now showing is uh, Being the Ricardos. Why is this coming out now? Lucille Ball's a threat to the American way of life? Does the FBI have any case against Lucy? I need you to help me save my marriage. How many times I gotta explain where I was and what I was doing? You gotta explain. Are you being funny right now? I'm Lucille Ball. When I'm being funny, you'll know it. This is getting out of hand. Madness. Have you been cheating on me? But the story's made up. If they boo me? If they boo you, we're done. Follow Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. Uh, so this is um, Aaron Sorkin writing and directing uh, a film about um, a week in the lives of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, of course, be- who were the couple behind I Love Lucy and in front of the camera as well, um, in which uh, Lucy is, um, is declared to be a communist uh, by the media, and that is a crisis that they have to deal with uh, as well. Um, as well as uh, as well as the aforementioned uh, m- uh, potentially marriage ending crisis as well. Um, so I did not have as much of a connection to you know the the story as I can imagine my parents did. I've never seen an episode of I Love Lucy. I have a basic understanding of you know the the, the mechanics behind that show and the history and such, but probably not nearly as much as as, as you, right, Dad? Well, you know I grew up watching. The Lucy Show and I Love Lucy in reruns, mm-hmm. um, but they were on all the time, and so I, I saw my fair share sort of by default. Uh, never one of my favorite shows. I never really cared for Lucille Ball uh, as sort of a the 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 type of comedian that she was. But um, I, you know, there's definitely a cultural t- touchstone there, um, and uh, the. I think one of the main faults of this movie, though, is, um, you know, uh, it's that they've compressed the whole Lucy and Desi story into one week. And um, not only do too many things seem to happen here, but to me, the story is too um, it was too spread apart in the sense that there was it lacked a real focus. Uh, And I don't think the characters um, were they weren't shaded enough. We kind of knew from the beginning, and of course this comes with a big cultural baggage that you know many of us have for both Desi and Lucy. Um, 
but you know you knew from the beginning kind of what the what the situation was and there really wasn't any surprises or any nuance in in their characters i don't think uh either of their characters really developed too much over the course of the movie um you know and 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 to tell you the truth i didn't really like lucy that much i like desi better even though he was kind of the more you know without getting into spoilers he he ends up being cast as more of the um not a not villain but um the negative character out of mm -hmm. the two of them but i liked him better i thought he was more genuine um lucille just seemed a little manipulative and um kind of uh, mean at times um maybe that's the way she was um in which case that's fine but um it really didn't come across as very um likable in this situation in 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 the way they portrayed her in the movie mm -hmm. yeah um you know, I, as someone with no prior knowledge, with little prior knowledge of these events and these uh, characters and, and real figures, um, I, I thought it was very interesting, especially to see the, the interwoven flashbacks showing how they met uh, and, and, and how they eventually um, got married and started the show. Um, I, I, I thought that was probably the, the most interesting part of the movie, aside from every scene that J.K. Simmons is in. Um, I think he's he's one of the one, one of the best parts. Um, my so I, I, I generally like this movie. Um, I do think Aaron Sorkin is a better writer than he is a director. I think his directing's fine, but it's nothing special. Uh, especially in the, you know, I, I haven't seen Molly's Game, which is the uh, only other film he's directed aside from this and Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, but I do think that his writing is a little strong, uh, is much stronger, but it's not as strong here, I think, because, you know, Aaron Sorkin, the director, is getting in the way of Aaron Sorkin, the writer. Because when you have to write and direct, you have to do a lot more, and the writing isn't necessarily as up, as, uh, up to par as it could have been. Um so I guess, you know, it's, 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 that's pretty petty, you know, like better writing, but you know, I like, he, he's still a fantastic writer. Um, and, uh, every scene here I think is, is much more watchable because he wrote it rather than, you know, some, you know, other writer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, one to take off from that, you know, in, in, um, the trial of Chicago seven, um, and in this movie, you're dealing with, um, actual real life people. Um, and events. Uh, but for some reason, uh, I thought The Trial of Chicago 7 was a, a better movie, more entertaining, and I thought the writing was better in it. It's I think he, he either he didn't really want to, um, Aaron Sorkin really didn't want to make as much as he potentially could have of the Lucy and Desi story to kind of stay more to I don't know, real life or or not stray too much into real life. Um, I, I just think that um, the way the things he picked and chose for the characters to say and do um, just they weren't as the best choices that I think he could have made and, and not as good as he made with the trial of Chicago seven. Um, so I, it just seemed that there was something a bit off on this movie. Um, and it, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't recommend it unless you really are an Aaron Sorkin completist or you really love Lucy. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, letter, le- letter grade from you? C. Interesting. Maybe Interesting. C minus, but C, I'd give yeah. it a C. My, my, mine's a B minus. Uh, I liked it better than you. Um, if 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 only because of my lack of knowledge and the fact that you know I, I'm 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 sure as you mentioned uh, this movie's pretty compressed in how it presents everything, um, and I should probably do some more research before I run my mouth about what what really happened. Um, but uh, I, I I I do think it's very interesting seeing what happened at least from a dramatized perspective. Um, that's always interesting at Mm -hmm. least to me Mm -hmm. um so yes now we are done with our now showing segment and we're going to move on to uh coming soon full disclosure this episode was supposed to come out next week uh sorry last week and so two of the films here uh are technically already out in theaters um i will still i've not seen either of them yet so i will still be treating them as uh as ones that i've not seen because i haven't seen them and dad i know you haven't seen any of them either um but the first one we are going to discuss briefly is the tragedy of macbeth uh the cohen brother movie uh joel cohen (laughs) directing this one denzel washington as macbeth and uh, francis mcdormand as lady macbeth um this is uh, is currently playing in a limited capacity. Uh, it was released on, on, on December 25th in uh, very, very select theaters, and it will be on Apple TV Plus on January 14th, uh, which I'll be watching then, and it'll show up later this month uh, in uh, an episode. Um, Dad, how uh, do you have any interest in this movie? I know you're, I know you're relatively picky when it comes to, yeah, to, to new, new releases. I... I, I... I, I am looking forward to seeing this. You know, I'm not going to rush out to the theater to see it. Of course, it probably won't be playing around here anyway. Exactly. Um, but I, um, you know, I always like the Coen brothers, so uh, it'll be interesting to see. Is it Joel who did this Joel, one? Joel, yeah. Uh, how Joel treats this um, this material. Um, Macbeth is, um, I don't know if it's one of my favorite Shakespeare plays, but it's, uh, you know, it's one that I'm more familiar with. Um, I really like the uh, the Orson Welles version of it which is highly stylized. And from what I've read about this um, version, it's similar in that it's kind of uh, expressionistic and very stylized. And, um, you know, I think that's something for some of Shakespeare's stuff, especially the tragedies, um, unless you're going to go a straight realistic route, um, you kind of have to try to make it, um, you have to kind of throw your own uh, spin on things, and, and right. that's the way to do it is to stylize it up a little bit. I, I think straightforward Shakespeare's are not nearly as interesting as the stylized ones. Yeah, unless it's like a comedy, one of the comedies. Yeah, those, those so. you know, you can... But even those, it's fun to see different takes on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing this. I, I, I will watch it. Um, and, uh, you know, having Denzel Washington as uh, Macbeth will, I think... M- add a uh, a real uh, level of both you know he's obviously a great actor but also you know it's um you know it's a scottish play you know how often do you have a black guy play macbeth in the lead you know right uh but it's it's a bold choice and i think it'll i think it'll be beneficial for the for the story yeah um yeah this uh tragedy macbeth joining the uh the black and white movies of 2021 club um, a lot of weird amount of black and white movies uh, came out this year that are in the Oscar conversation. Um, but yeah, I have some friends who saw this. Uh, they have spoken very highly of it. Um, and But the bottom line is, you know, it's Macbeth. So I think your enjoyment of it is going to hinge on how much you like the story of Macbeth. Uh, and if you know nothing about Macbeth, 
this might not be the place to start. I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Um, but the cast looks fantastic, and um, I, I've, I've, I've heard that it's very visually striking. Uh, and for, and for, uh, like, honestly, on the basis that it's a Coen brother movie, and and just the combination of the cast and all that makes me quite excited for it. So good, yeah. Uh, moving on, a movie that I don't think either of us care too much about. It's American Underdog, which was released in theaters on the uh, on the twenty fifth. Um, this is a movie about uh, the football player Kurt Warner uh, and his journey to joining the Rams or something. That's just what the internet tells me. Um, I have never watched football or cared about football or played football. Uh, you're pretty much the same. Right? I can echo that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did hear from some people that saw this movie that it was that it was good, um, but not great. And that has only really... Uh, told me that I don't need to rush out to see this if it pops up on a streaming service at some point and I have literally nothing else to watch maybe I'll do that I'm assuming you're pretty much the same I would echo your comments yeah um, so I don't really think we need to spend much more time on that uh, next uh, is the only unreleased technically unreleased movie on this list it is the 355 an action movie that is coming out on January 7th exclusively in theaters Um this is directed by Simon Kinberg, who's produced most of the recent X-Men movies. Uh, it is a pretty good cast. Uh, it's a it's a like an action spy movie about espionage agents. Uh, Jessica Chastain, Lupita Nyong'o, Pe- uh, Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger, um, Sebastian Stan is in this too. Um, and you know the the trailer is pretty bad. Um, and it's also somewhat worrying that this is a January uh, a, a January release. Studios tend to plot movies that they don't have too much faith in in january and february when you say the the trailer is bad do you mean do you mean it's terrible or do you mean it's bad it's 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 <laughs> i don't know it's just not it, it just doesn't look that that interesting it's not enticing it's, it's not it's, it's not, 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 not enticing you want to see the movie exactly i'm going to see it anyway because i will be discussing it next week purely to discuss it on the podcast with uh with my friend heath who's coming on next week um but uh, yeah, I, I honestly have, uh, if, if I wasn't reviewing it for the podcast, I would not really care about this too much. This is another uh, see it on a streaming service if I have nothing else to watch type of thing. Um, I am intrigued as to, the, as to the, the contrast level of how good the cast is versus how good the movie is. Uh, I wonder how much overlap is, there's going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I have little to no faith in, in, in this movie. So I'm going in with an open mind. Uh, is, is what I'll be telling myself when I see it. Um, any other, an, anything else? To I add? have no further comment. Yep, totally fair. Uh, and now, uh, so we're going to skip uh, the spotlight segment this week, uh, just because uh, it, it'll be back next week, um, and uh, we'll be talking about next week uh, best spy movies. But for now, uh, we are going to um, rewind the clock a little bit and talk about some stuff that we watched in the last month. Movies, TV shows, uh, any books or uh, any books we may have read, games we may have played. Um, we can knock off, uh, n- uh, knock out a few each. Uh, Dad, you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, a couple of shows that I've uh, been watching lately. Um, there's a new season of The Expanse, which is a, an Amazon Prime series, a science fiction series. I think it's in its sixth or seventh year, uh, sixth or seventh uh, season. Season. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and it's a, a future, far future science fiction um, movie based on a series of books uh, by James Corey. Uh, it's got a, a decent cast: Steve Strait, Thomas Jane, Wes Chatham. I love that name. 
Um, I, I remember seeing his name in um, in the Hunger Games uh, cast when the first one came out, um, and 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 I, and I was I was very confused at first. <laughs> Explanation on that is that we live in a town called Chatham, and there is a West Chatham, uh, but this is Wes Chatham. Anyway, it's a it's a it's sort of a a story about a a, a, a civil war that develops between. Um, the inner planets, Earth, basically, and the outer belt, who uh, support the inner planets with uh, resources and such, and it's uh, and it's 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 kind. Of, I'm glad this is the last year of it, uh, the last uh, season, but it's it's been fun to to follow and fun to watch. But uh, and I've seen, I think we've seen the first uh, three episodes of the new series. Um, a couple other quick ones. Um, these are two uh, New Zealand shows that. Uh, uh, we've been watching one is called 800 words and uh i think there are three seasons of it this is on acorn tv um and it's uh it's about a uh, an australian newspaper columnist whose wife dies tragically so he picks up and moves uh with his two teenage uh kids to new zealand and to a small quirky town uh where they become sort of the center of the community because it's just a small quirky community Anyway, it's it's a lot of fun, uh, very light, but uh, great characters, and uh, you know it's about a newspaper columnist. So uh, what more could I uh, ask for? Um, if and, you didn't, if you didn't guess, he is a he is a newspaper uh, writer, person, editor. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and the other one is called Under the Vines, which is also takes place in New Zealand. Uh, this is also, I believe, on Acorn TV, and it's a this one is new. Uh, a, a new episode drops, I believe, every Monday, uh, and it's about. Um, Two uh, people um, who inherit a, a vineyard, a winery in New Zealand, and they, they kind of uh, don't really know each other. And then it's about them getting to know each other and figuring out how to make this winery work. And, and again, it's filled with quirky characters and, and, uh, and kind of funny situations. And uh, it's, it's great sort of uh, end of the day um, after watching after a hard day's work it you don't have to think about it too much and uh and yet it's still uh still kind of fulfilling because uh, there's uh, multi multi uh, shades to many of these of these characters even though they come across as sort of uh stock in uh in uh <clears throat> at first blanche but you got to give it a little bit of time but anyway those are uh, uh, a couple of the things that uh, that i've been watching lately mm-hmm. yeah um I'll just throw out some real quick. First is Coda, uh, an Apple TV Plus original that came out uh, last summer that I only just got around to, and it quickly shot up to being one of my favorites of the year. Uh, it's about a, uh, a deaf fishing family uh, from Gloucester, Massachusetts, just about two hours from us. And um, they have uh, the only hearing member of the family is their teenage daughter, and she has to uh, decide uh, whether she wants to go to music school, uh, at, at go, go to go to Berkeley to study music, or stay with her family who really needs her to be their uh, interpreter. Um, this is absolutely fantastic. The performances, uh, the uh, the um, you know off off kilter comedy is all fantastic. So if you get a chance to check this one out, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I also want to uh, uh, shout out 2010, the sequel that not many people know about to 2001: A Space Odyssey, um, that it is about as fast paced as the original. Um, <laughs> And, uh, Which is to say, not at all. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, the the poster, I I, I just want to say, the poster for this movie shows the giant space baby uh, from the end of from the end of two thousand one. Uh, and I'll just say that I wish the movie lived up to its poster. 
Um, uh, I will also throw out uh, The Witcher Season 2, which came out on Netflix December 17th. Um, much better than Season 1. Absolutely fantastic. The show just keeps getting better and better. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of the book series as well. Um, so uh, if, you know, uh, these, this new season adapts a lot of storylines from... Uh, at, at least the first book, um, so I very much enjoyed seeing those represented. Um, I'll also talk about uh, Popstar, Never Stop Never Stopping, a movie I watched uh, with, with my parents. Dad, you can speak to this one. Um, it was one uh, from the Lonely Island, uh, the, the, uh, the band-slash-comedy group uh, that was on SNL for several years. They made Palm Springs and some other movies that I haven't seen. But this was definitely one of my favorites that they've done. Uh, it laughs all the way through, uh, really short, and just goes right by. Well, I thought, uh, you know, it was, like you said, it was, it was kind of superficial. And, mm-hmm. you know, not being a fan of rap, I wasn't really en- enraptured by the music. Um it was funny. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't care to watch it again. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd say if you're looking for something light and and funny to watch, um, this could fit the bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the last one I'll shoot out. Yeah, uh, shout out. What am I talking about? Is um, uh, the mask. Jim Carrey. Uh, 1994. Uh, r- right around the peak. A uh, uh, Jim Carrey physical comedy. Uh, absolutely insane coked up performance era um you know this movie's fun it's funny some of it's pretty dated uh but i i, I thought it, it was a lot of fun i've also heard that it's that it had a, a an absolutely terrible terrible sequel which i will not be watching it um i don't at, think jim carrey's in the sequel no 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 he is not um but uh yeah yeah so that's that's some of what i watched in uh in in in, in december um but yeah, uh, Dad, why don't you thank me? Uh, thank me. I thank, thank you, you <laughs> for joining me on the Lenient Critic Podcast. Uh, if you all want to check out more, uh, I write uh, on the Lenient Critic blog. That's thelenientcritic.com. Um, and uh, yeah, there's there, there's a lot of great stuff there. Stuff that's some of which is on the podcast, some of which isn't. Um, so uh, yeah, and I'll be back next week to review the three five five and come on, come on with uh, Heath Lynch, and then uh, also coming up this month we have the best of twenty twenty one, and we have um, the most anticipated of twenty twenty two coming in just about a month. So um, you uh, hardcore listeners out there have that to look forward to. So uh, again, uh, for the lenient critic, uh, my name is Rowan Wood. And I'm Tim Wood. And uh, thank you again for listening, and uh, I will be back next week.